Time for a little civil disobedience. Do not comply. Those three words are going to be our new theme. Soros NGO once again cracks down on free speech, and the left proves without a speck of doubt that they are 110% completely dyed-in-the-wool delusional. And I got the receipts. I got the proof. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Thursday as we head into the slide of the weekend. It's, uh, yeah, it's here almost, just another day or two, and we'll be there. Uh, a couple of uh, business, uh, bits of uh, housekeeping here. First of all, follow uh, the button there, uh, follow button. If you wouldn't mind, please, it's free. Just hit that and give us a follow. We really appreciate it. It's free for you. It helps the show out a lot, and we really, really do appreciate it. We got uh, another follow last night, and we're going to get up to 100. I know we are. And then we're going to head to 500 and 1,000, and the rest of the world is ours, our oyster. <laughs> uh, the other thing, of course, is the live chat's open. I've got it open here. I'm watching. So anything you want to say or do or add to the show, Feel free. You want to make a comment about something we're talking about? You want to talk about something else? We can do that too. Live chat. Just stick it in there, and I will see it. We'll uh, we'll have a chit chat. All right. So all that and more is coming up in tonight's show. First, though, we want to tell you about the most amazing coffee company that helps to bring you this show. Yes, that's Dan Bongino. He is one of the great promoters, along with me and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, all kinds of good folks who are helping to tell you about this amazing American coffee. If you're tired of the same old monotonous brown water, liberal tears, crap coffee you've been drinking, throw it out. Why do you have anything to do with those junk coffee brands? Check out Blackout Coffee. They are an American brand that stands for all the good stuff that America is all about. Look at these blends. Brutal Awakening. Brutal Awakening Dark Roast. Man, these are great. Look at that. Uh, Morning Reaper. Mmm, yum. Signature Blends Partner Roast. See that, 2A? That stands for Second Amendment. That's what we're talking about. Flavored Coffee. Single-serving coffee pots. They've got it all. Five-pound bags if you're into coffee as much as I am. They also have merchandise, uh, shirts, hoodies, things like that. And uh, there's some of the good folks we're just talking about. Uh, the Benny Show. Charlie Kirk. Dan Bongino. All of them. And yours truly, Jay Sheldon, who cannot possibly recommend this brand enough. Not only do they support our American values, family, honesty, hard work. They also make an amazing cup of coffee. You try this once, you won't go anywhere else for your coffee. Blackout Coffee, it is amazing. It is an American company that works with American farmers, American co-ops, to produce the most incredible coffee you've ever had. It's right there in the Jay Sheldon Show mug. Check it out. Mmm. I live on this stuff. Hey, pick up, just pick up a bag. You don't have to grab a five-pound bag or, you know, order 50 bags. You can if you like. But just grab one bag. It's a challenge for you. Try one. You'll be back because it's great. Fresh roasted right to your door. 
Blackout Coffee. The link is in our show notes. And when you check out, be sure you use our promo code to get 20% off. That's a huge discount. 20% off with the promo code J20. J-A-Y, my first name. 20. J20 is the promo code at checkout for 20% off your first order at Blackout Coffee. And I'll tell you what, I could not be more proud to have these guys at Blackout Coffee be a part of this show. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All that hard work you guys do over there. All right, here we go. Do not comply. Do not comply. Do not comply. CNN, if you're at high risk of serious illness or death from COVID-19, it's time to dust off those N95 masks. They're starting already. Alex Jones was right again. Here's the story from CNN. It may be time to break out the masks against COVID, some experts say. The advice should go all the way up to 20-year-old President Joe Biden. Actually, you know what? If you put a mask on him really tight so he can't freaking talk, that's not a bad idea at all. Octogenarians comprise the highest risk group for complications following COVID infections. They're just pumping out this information. They've already pre... We see the stories all the time. All day long, I see these stories on my X feed and all different news sites where they have already prepared. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what the variant is. They already got everything in place. They've ordered all kinds of millions of dollars worth of stuff from the federal level. They're getting ready. And now, of course, CNN chiming in. Since masks, now listen to this crap, what bullshit. Since the masks that are most effective are N95 and now readily available, that's the kind of mask you should wear. The problem is, fact check, an N95 is completely not effective. There are articles after, look, I know my audience, I know you guys are smarter than this, the reason I put this kind of stories and these kind of things up is so that you can check the links, get the information, share them out yourselves, send them out to your liberal friends who've got that face diaper smacked on their mug. It's just a sign of obedience. It's all it is. It does nothing, nothing to protect you. Nothing. Major new study, this is from the Washington Examiner, says that the spread masks do not stop the spread of COVID. But of course, you'll never get an apology from the mandators, and they're going to do it again. The pandemic's in the rearview mirror for now, but it's coming up fast again. Plenty of data from studies that tell us exactly how our countermeasures worked and a dozen scientists from around the world did a massive meta-study of uh, the efforts to fight COVID, and they published the results in the Cochrane Database of Systematic Reviews. 78 different studies in the efficacy of different mitigation efforts, like masking, distancing, screening, quarantine. Well, guess what? 
it's all bullcrap. The studies that they used were completely diverse. They covered epidemics, low transmissions, rich countries, poor countries, suburban schools, inner city neighborhoods, hospitals, villages. The most important thing they had in common, all randomized controlled trials, or at least cluster RCTs. These are the gold standard for studies because they have the greatest chance of avoiding confounding factors. Non-randomized, non-controlled trials, for example, observational studies can be compromised if, say, people become more likely to wear masks at times or places that they already have a higher rate of uh, spread. Or if people wore masks, were also more fastidious hand washers. Well, for starters, the studies found that hand washing was effective in stopping the spread of illness. Not surprising. Illness, not necessarily COVID, illnesses in general. Here is the most eye-opening finding from these compilation studies. Wearing masks in the community probably makes little or no difference in the outcome of influenza-like illnesses such as COVID-19 compared to not wearing masks. In other words, the masks pretty much didn't do anything. They don't work. Study after study tells us that. And yet already you're seeing idiot companies like Lionsgate, some universities, putting back in the mask requirements. Do not comply. You see one of these idiot liberal leftist commie stores that say masks required because those signs are going to go up again. I guarantee you those signs are going to go up. They're already going up. Don't shop there. Spend your money somewhere else. Spend your money on a person who owns a business who is aware of what the science says and aware how stupid masks are and how useless they are. You see a sign in a store that says mask required? You turn right around, head the other way, and find somebody. I know, I know it's an inconvenience, but it's worth it. We have to take a stand. They're going to bring back this clot shot. They're going to bring back social distancing. They're going to try and lock you down again. All in time, of course, for the upcoming election, which is a little more than a year away. How convenient. It's all about control, folks. They don't give a damn about your health or your safety or your family's safety or your grandma's safety or your kid's safety. The only thing these bastards care about is power and control. And that face diaper is a sign. I give. You win. You have complete control over me. And I'm not ready to go there. And I'm not going there. Do not comply. Stick it on your social media face. Ah, here's a nice graphic for you. You can share this one with your friends. Face mask science for dummies. This is the poor size. This green line. Have I got my mouse back? Yeah. This is the poor size of your disposable mask. Okay. This is 70 microns, the size of a human hair. This is 40 microns, 
Naked Eye Visibility Threshold. This is 25 microns, a white blood cell. This dark black is 8 microns, the size of a red blood cell. And that little white dot, I don't even know if you can see it, is 2 microns, the caucus bacteria. See that? That little white dot, six times larger than the COVID virus. And this green line is the pore size of your little face diaper. Still want to stick that stupid thing on your face? If it makes you feel comfortable, you do you. You are a sheep. You are an idiot. You are giving them power they don't need to have. But you just keep doing it. Because then they'll keep taking and taking and taking more from you. It will not stop until you do not comply. George Soros, next up. What now? Mm, no surprise, but here you go. Links in our show notes. Soros-funded NGOs are demanding a crackdown on free speech as politicians spread hate information. Open Society Foundation, which is a Soros group, backed NGOs pushing a censorship agenda in Ireland and Scotland that includes get this, police searches of homes, phones, and computers. Hatred of racial, religious, and sexual minorities rising dangerously in Ireland, say the country's leaders. Hate-based offenses have become increasingly common in recent years. The Ireland Justice Minister, Helen McKenty, Irish police, she said, have reported a 29% increase in hate crimes in 2022 compared to the previous year. However, an increase in the reporting of hate offenses is different from an actual increase. You'll notice she said an increase in reporting. That doesn't mean it happened. That means it was reported. You know, all these little lily leftist whack jobs of, oh, he offended me. Police, come arrest him. For police to classify something as a hate offense in Ireland, Scotland, either a crime or an incident, which is a hate act that is not criminalized, no actual proof or evidence is required besides somebody simply calling it that. Hi, how are you? Oh, you offended me. That's a hate crime. That's all it takes. That's all it takes for it to be classified as a non-criminal incident. The police themselves admit that the threshold for perception is very low. Now, that is not to say that Ireland and Scotland are not free from hatred. Certainly, they are, just as much as it exists in every country on the planet, you cannot escape it. But the increase in hate-based offenses clearly 
is from the reporting of the offenses, not the actual offenses. And they're just going to keep doing it, and they are going to try their best to shut you up and shut you down. And you don't let them. Say it with me. Do not comply. Unbelievable. All right. <laughs> the left, the left. We're really going at them tonight, and I don't care because they deserve it. They're idiots. This is from uh, RNC Research, Republican National Committee. This is a surrogate in Milwaukee from the DNC, the Democratic National Committee. You want to know exactly how whacked these people are? Listen to this. So I would suggest that anybody thinks that this country is in decline, come to cities. Because Democratic mayors all across the nation are creating great places where people want to be, where growth is happening, and where our economy is growing. <laughs> She's lost her freaking mind. Anybody that thinks this country is in decline should come to cities. Are you off your chum, woman? What, to get shot, mugged, raped, assaulted, murdered? particularly in democratic-controlled cities? Are you nuts? These people actually believe this bullshit. They actually believe this crap. Democratic mayors across the nation are creating great places where people want to be. Yeah, that's why you could basically build a border wall in Texas and Arizona from the U-Haul trucks that have all left California. <laughs> These people are, they're, that's, I, I can't, I, there are no words. Delusional is the only word I can think of. Absolutely delusional. But people are waking up. People are starting to understand. People are starting to get it. I love this. Wait till you see this guy. His name is David Leatherwood. And <laughs> what he writes is conservative is the new punk rock. You remember Rage Against the Machine? Well, now they are the machine. This guy, this guy is incredible. Take a look. It's a little long, about a minute plus. First of all, take a look at the guy. That's him. Tattooed neck, tattooed face. Probably got a few piercings all over the place. But that's not the important part. This guy gets it. This is so cool. Listen to what he says. I remember when I was growing up, I was like a mega punk rocker and I was just super anti-establishment, super anti-system, oppression, stupid laws telling me how to think, how to live my life, people trying to dictate what I do, you know. I was like super punk rock when I was a kid. Like I had a whole mohawk, it was like a foot tall for like most of my teenage years, you know. I grew up in New York. And, you know, I realized it's kind of funny. You can't really be a punk rocker and be a liberal anymore. <laughs> because that has become the establishment. So if you want to be a punk rocker, 
you by definition have to be a conservative. It's the weirdest thing. And like, you know, I know you're probably going to get all mad and try to defend your point. Like, oh, well, they're Christians. Like, that just makes you the bigot, strangely <laughs> enough. So, uh, good on all you Christians for being real punk rockers while the world has gone ultra-establishment, ultra-oppression, ultra-government overreach. So, uh, yeah, you can't be big government and be a punk rocker. That makes no fucking sense at all. So, that's this is, there's a shout-out to all you globalists out there. Keep doing what you're doing. We'll see how long it lasts. Yes! Did I tell you or did I tell you? He gets it. That is fantastic. The link to that uh, video is from TikTok, but the X feed is in our show notes. You're not raging against the machine, my friends. You are the machine. <laughs> I love that guy. Very, very cool. All right. <laughs> well, something that's not very cool is the Maui story. It continues, and it continues to get worse. These stories continue to file out of uh, Lahaina and Maui, and it just ain't looking good, folks. Maui residents were blocked by barricades trying to escape the wildfires. One of the residents there said, if we had just had a 10 or 15 minute warning, if those sirens had gone off, it would have saved countless lives. Fires in Lahaina and Hawaiian Island of Maui tore through the community with virtually no warning. Sirens not sounded because they believed the sounding of the warning would cause more harm than not. Residents said if they, like I said, if we had 10 or 15 minutes, lives would have been saved. This is a screw-up of epidemic proportions. Here's a quote from Nate Baird, the AP, a resident there with a wife and two kids. We needed like 10 more minutes and we could have saved a lot of kids if we just had like a 10 or 15 minute warning. Children were the ones who alerted Baird about the fires, saying the air smelled like s'mores. Baird's neighborhood was full of kids who were home alone when the fires came through. When he and his family tried to, listen to this, he and his family got in the family car and tried to leave Lahaina to the south. They ran into barricades and a crew telling everyone to turn around because of downed electric poles. The crew was basically turning people around and sending them back into the fires. Well, thankfully, Baird and his family did not do what they were told and drove around the barricades and saved their lives. Nobody realized how little time they actually had. Like even us from being the head, our heart of the fire, we didn't comprehend. We had literally minutes and one wrong turn. We would all be dead right now. And there were people, officials, turning people around and sending them back into the fire. 
those who didn't run from the flames left in their cars on the only paved road out of Lahaina, barricade blocking access to Highway 30, and a lot of cars turned around and went right back into the danger zone. Families that drove around the barricade survived. Those that did not likely perished. These stories continue to come out of Maui. And you know, I haven't talked about it yet, but I keep seeing these videos of things in Lahaina that were blue that did not burn. Cars, houses, paper cups. I saw just tonight, an hour ago, some guy with uh, everything, devastation, everything burned to the ground, completely leveled, burned beyond. And there in the middle of this pile of a store that was flattened, everything is black and ashes, is a pile of untouched blue t-shirts. I'm going to see if tomorrow maybe I can put together a compilation of these videos. I'm not tinfoil hatting this thing, and I haven't covered it because I'm just not convinced. But something's weird. Something is weird. It does. It defies... Ex if somebody can explain it, knock yourselves out. Please do. Put it in the chat. But I keep seeing these videos, and I don't think it's tinfoil hat stuff. There's something more to it. I'll see what I can't do to put some videos together for tomorrow's show and uh, and try and cover that. Because it's gotten to the point where it's just weird. Weird. More stories from the post-millennial, the names of Maui's 1,000-plus missing is going to be released by the FBI later this week. They believe that one of the reasons, this is horrific, but one of the reasons that they believe this number has grown, or has not grown, I should say, as fast as they expected, is because when you have a family who's missing a child, the family is saying, where's little Johnny? Where's little Susie? We can't find him or her. Horrifically, what the theory is now is that the reason the family is not asking where are my children is because the entire family likely perished in the fires. And so the family does not exist to ask, where's little Johnny? The link to that is also in our show notes. They're expecting to release these names coming up on uh, next week. Ah, man. These stories are killers. Dan Bongino. <laughs> I'm such a fan. I am a big P1 Dan Bongino fan. I watch his show every day. He has absolutely no idea on earth who I am, nor should he. Uh, but his show does come up right after mine at 11 o'clock, so be sure you hang around and watch Dan Bongino here on Rumble. Anyway, I love this idea. He said this on yesterday's show, and it's brilliant. This is from the Daily Wire. 
He's a former Secret Service agent. If you don't know Dan, he does an amazing show. You've definitely got to watch it. He says Trump should refuse Bond and force Fulton County to stick him in jail. And you know what? I'm not thinking that's a half bad idea. Listen to his idea here. Radio and talk show podcast host Dan Bongino Wednesday said former President Donald Trump should refuse to post bond and surrender to Fulton County, Georgia authorities and force District Attorney Fannie Willis's hand, make her put him in jail. Bongino, previously a NYPD cop, U.S. Secret Service officer, made the comments during his show and argued that crazy times call for different, crazy, bold approaches. And he's right. He makes a great point. Check this out. Folks, I don't think the Trump team should post a bond. I don't. This may sound like a crazy idea, but folks, we're living in crazy times. And crazy times require different, crazy, bold approaches. Fannie Willis wants to be a smart-ass tyrant, little socialist communist like she is down in Fulton County, Georgia. Don't post. Don't post a bond. You know, jail them? Let's elect our first political prisoner. There you go. Let's, Let's elect, elect our, our first, first political, political prisoner. Exactly right. Because you know what? If they stick him in jail, the Secret Service has the absolute right and authority to completely shut down that entire floor of the jail. Bongino adds, folks, you've seen people around the world take a stand like this, and it's easy for me to say, I get it, I wouldn't be the one in a prison cell. But you want to send a message? Let's see. Let's see what happens. Then protest outside the jail every day. Make them put you in jail. And them, make them show America their asses and show America who they really are. And see how long this lasts. Man, Dan Bongino, you are exactly right. I'm liking, it'll, it, it likely will not happen. I can't possibly see this happening. But you know what? It ain't the wackiest idea on the planet. Do you know what kind of a nightmare that would cause? Wow. Well, the left continues to not surprise anybody. These headlines used to be head shakers. Now they're just, mm, yep, here we go again. Check this one out from Red State. Woke Pentagon. Those two words should never be in the same sentence. The woke Pentagon is looking to desecrate Arlington's Confederate Memorial. There's a picture of it. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful from Arlington National Cemetery. The chief of the National Sons of Confederate Veterans Heritage Operations told Red State he's urging his members and his supporters to make comment at Wednesday's virtual hearing hosted by the Arlington National Cemetery. Now, that's already gone on. Don't know what happened. Didn't see a follow-up article. But the Pentagon is recommending removing this memorial. 
part of an environmental impact study. They're having to give people, uh, having people give their opinion about whether or not it's advantageous or disadvantageous to take the monument down. Why? Unbelievable. Congress charged the Pentagon's naming commission to rid the entire military inventory of roads, buildings, installations, awards, insignia, memorials, and any other manifestation of references to the Confederacy and the Confederate combatants who served the South during the Civil War voluntarily. Pretty much trying to just erase history. It's a part of our history, folks. It's a dark part, just like slavery. But it is a part of our history. Trump vetoed the fiscal year 21 Pentagon budget because it included that idiotic naming commission. His veto, sadly, was overwritten. Or overridden. They're still trying. They are trying to erase our history. I'm putting something in my search bar because I wanted to share something with you. Here you go. Now, I don't think I can get this full screen. So, bear with me. This is a live-on-the-fly deal here. Remember we were talking about masks and how they're useless? They don't do anything? I saw this. I could not get a, a, a proper screenshot to, to bring to you. Let me... I just searched it. You want to know how proud you should be to wear that mask? Take a look at this. You know what that is? That is a slave. We just mentioned talking about the memorial, slaves, slavery. That is a slave. All those pictures at the bottom. People don't know this. But during the time of slavery, a lot of slaves were forced to wear masks. Why? Absolutely no reason other than to show that they had no voice. They weren't allowed to speak, contribute, or have an opinion. That's why slaves wore masks. Just as a visual sign that I have no voice. So, you go on ahead, wear your masks. I know, I went back to something we talked about in the beginning, but it just reminded me, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> when I, uh, I was talking about slavery. Yeah, keep wearing them. All right, Red State once again has a great story about China, and it ain't so good because it could have very wide-reaching uh, repercussions. Construction workers in China haven't been paid for months. They got some big problems over there, folks, and that could cause other problems, if you know what I mean. Hard to understand China, partly because of the huge cultural differences, partly because China is wholly owned and operated by the Chinese Communist Party. They've never been very forthcoming about the actual state of China's economy, especially where real estate is concerned. Well, those chickens are now coming home to roost. The CCP's China real estate bubble 
is popping big time. The workers who built China's housing are literally paying the price. Workers for a major Chinese developer have been going without pay, and job sites are going unfinished as the Chinese real estate market struggles, according to Reuters. China's largest real estate developer, Country Garden, is in the midst of a debt crisis, indicative of the Chinese real estate industry as a whole, according to Reuters. Workers at Country Garden, on the outskirts of the 14 million person city of Tianjin, are saying they have not been paid for months and that construction has stopped. The sites are unfinished. They haven't paid us since Chinese New Year, which happened in January this this year. We're all worried. These kind of economic problems with China could lead to other things, like I said, if you know what I mean. And some of that does not bode very well for us. Bud Light, Target, Dick's Sporting Goods, oh yeah. Go woke. Dick's is learning what the consequences of going woke are. This is from Red State. Conservatives say go woke, go broke, and unfortunately sometimes it's just rhetoric that doesn't materialize. But there are times when the old adage proves true. Enter Dick's Sporting Goods, the woke outdoor company that's prided itself on inserting itself into various cultural battles it has no business in getting involved in. Shareholders greeted with bad news when it was revealed that Dick saw a 23% drop in profit over the last quarter. <laughs> Sent the company into free fall. The stock price in August 21st, 141 bucks. Two days later, 108 bucks. Ouch. They've been in the game a long time. According to Dick's own admission, a sharp rise in retail theft has severely hampered profitability. But that's really more of a symptom than a root cause. The sudden onslaught of flash mob robberies, brazen shoplifters, just doesn't materialize for no reason. They have prided themselves on being in the forefront of this idiotic push for diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is just a fancy phrase for when a company wastes money, do nothings, push far-left policies in a broader culture. It's all about showing that they're fighting for justice, giving a voice to the whiniest, most entitled members of its workforce. So, Dicks, go woke, go broke, couldn't care less. You could be out of business tomorrow. And while I would feel horrible for the workers who are going to lose their jobs because of it, you get what you play for. Suffer. And one more that kind of links itself to that story, which is from PJ Media. 
14 American cities have agreed to go full Marxist and end dairy, meat, and cars by 2030. I'm not kidding. This guy who writes this says, if you've read my stuff before, you know I've taken it upon myself to be the Paul Revere of the Great Reset. If Paul Revere drove a 2005 Mazda Tribute. <laughs> Klaus Schwab and his evil teams of toilet people are no longer trying to hide their plans for global domination. Quite the contrary. They write, speak about them openly, the way they intend to impound our cars, purloin our sirloin for cleaner clouds or some bullshit. There is actually a video of Klaus Schwab saying exactly that. Here you go. Yeah, but since the next step could be in, to go into a prescriptive uh, mode, which means um, uh, you, you do not even have to have elections anymore because you can already uh, predict what, uh, predict, and afterwards you can say, why do we need elections? Because we know what the result will be. Can you imagine such a world? Can you imagine such a world? It's more than just giving up your voting privileges. You will lose your liberties until you, as they say, the WEF themselves, own nothing and are happy about it. This is a great article. It's in Red, uh, sorry, PJ Media. The link is in our show notes, and I cannot encourage you enough to check it out. Read it. Share it. Get the word out there. Tell people about what's happening in case they don't know because they desperately need to know. All right. Got one more for you. Hang on just a quick second. And there we go. All right. We always end with a good story, something to lift you up, let you know that things aren't all that bad. And tonight's show has been full of a lot of crap that is that bad. But take a look at this. The fellow finds out who donated a life-saving organ. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? He learned in this moment that his daughter is his anonymous kidney donor. My brother donated his kidney to his partner. When that happened, I actually asked myself, could, could I do that? I think, yeah, I probably could. I think I could. But that is such an act of absolute love. Absolute love. I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> yeah. 
What a story. All right, time for the book. Animal Farm is the book we're reading. We uh, read books on this show in the last part. And uh, hope you enjoy it. I love reading them. Animal Farm is uh, George Orwell. We did 1984 last time. And uh, now we're doing a little bit at a time as we get through uh, George Orwell's Animal Farm. Hey, before we get into this, please don't forget, hit that follow button over there. We're trying to get up as far as we can. I, I've got like seven people to go to get to 100. I know you can do it. There's seven of you right now watching. So please hit that follow button if you haven't already. And uh, we don't spam your inbox. It's absolutely free. And uh, it helps the show out a lot. Thank you. All right, here we go with uh, George Orwell's Animal Farm. The animals had now reassembled in the wildest excitement after their big battle, each recounting his own exploits in the battle at the top of his voice, an impromptu celebration of the victory was being held immediately. The flag was run up, and Beasts of England was sung a number of times, and then the sheep, who had been killed, was given a solemn funeral, a hawthorn bush being planted on her grave. At the graveside, Snowball made a little speech, emphasizing the need for all animals to be ready to die for Animal Farm, if need be. The animals decided unanimously to create a military decoration, Animal Hero First Class, which was conferred there and then on Snowball and Boxer. It consisted of a brass medal. There were really some old horse brasses which had been found in the harness room to be worn on Sundays and holidays. There was also Animal Hero Second Class, which was conferred posthumously on the dead sheep. There was much discussion as to what the battle should be called, and in the end, it was named the Battle of the Cowshed, since it was where the ambush had been sprung. Mr. Jones's gun had been found lying in the mud, and it was known that there was a supply of cartridges in the farmhouse. It was decided to set the gun up at the foot of the flagstaff, like a piece of artillery, and to fire it twice a year, once on October the 12th, the anniversary of the Battle of the Cowshed, and once on Midsummer Day, the anniversary of the Rebellion. Chapter 5 as winter drew on, Molly had become more and more troublesome. She was late for work every morning, excused herself by saying she'd overslept, and she complained of mysterious pains, although her appetite was excellent. On every kind of pretext, she'd run away from work, go to the drinking pool where she'd stand foolishly gazing at her own reflection in the water. But there were also rumors of something more serious. One day, as Molly strode bithely into the yard, flirting her long tail and chewing at a stalk of hay, Clover took her aside. Molly, she said, I have something very serious to say to you. This morning, I saw you looking over the hedge that divides Animal Farm from Foxwood. One of Mr. Pinkington's men was standing at the other side of the hedge. And I was a long way away, but I'm almost certain I saw this. He was talking to you, 
and you were allowing him to stroke your nose. What does that mean, Molly? He didn't. I wasn't. It isn't true, cried Molly, beginning to prance about paw the ground. Molly, look me in the face. Do you give me your word of honor that man was not stroking your nose? It isn't true, repeated Molly. But she couldn't look Clover in the face. And the next moment she took to her heels and galloped away into the field. A thought struck Clover. Without saying anything to the others, she went to Molly's stall, turned over the straw with her hoof. Hidden under the straw was a little pile of lump sugar, several bunches of ribbons of different colors. Three days later, Molly disappeared. For some weeks, nothing was known of her whereabouts, and then the pigeons reported they'd seen her on the other side of Willington. She was between the shafts of a smart dog cart, painted red and black, was standing outside a public house. A fat, red-faced man in cheek breeches and gaiters who looked like a publican was stroking her nose, feeding her with sugar. Her coat was newly clipped. She wore a scarlet ribbon around her forelock. She appeared to be enjoying herself, and so the pigeon said. And none of the animals ever mentioned Molly again. In January, there came a bitterly hard winter. The earth was like iron, and nothing could be done in the fields. And that's where we'll leave off for tonight. We'll continue on with this on uh, tomorrow night's show. Thank you so much for popping by, folks. Really, really do appreciate all your uh, likes and shares follows and uh, check out our great sponsors too they're all in our show notes you can get yourself some great deal including blackout coffee do check them out a great company american company all right i will see you again tomorrow hey get some merchandise <laughs>